everyone and welcome this is the riverfront episode number 457 of the world's most dangerous podcast where we discuss the cincinnati reds and occasionally logan Andrusek. i'm your host chad dotson with me this week is the man the myth the legend nate dotson how are you nate chad if i were any better i would be timothy chalamet's hairstylist Ooh. That guy's got some locks. Yeah, that you would be better. I got to say, speak, you know, locks, I'm not going to discuss that with you, but I'm noticing a little bit of growth maybe uh, down here on the bottom. You know, I've got to know Shave November a little bit late, and I said on this very podcast that I will uh, shave my beard when either my marriage depends on it or Joey Votto does first. And my soon-to-be wife doesn't care at all. She's really, really enjoying the beard era. So, Joey, please, I'm ready to shave. <laughs> help me out if you're watching on youtube this is what you're gonna look like soon nate you got to dress like uh, joey Votto at the chess tournament as well if i can hit like joey it'll be a fine twat. absolutely all right so uh before we go any further again if you're watching on youtube hit that like button smash the subscribe button if you're listening to the audio version subscribe follow whatever it says on your uh, apple podcast spotify google podcast amazon music audible wherever you find us uh, follow us and you know it, it you automatically get my uh my voice delivered to your phone every week i mean that well, sounds like a no-brainer yeah right for free so uh nate um this again the last few weeks it's been interesting because we've actually had some reds news to talk about not as much reds transactional news this week but some interesting things to discuss anyway and we also are gonna gonna maybe do some uh, some goofy stuff as well which we we typically yeah. do Shall we start with Ken Rosenthal? I think we kind of have to, don't we? Ken Rosenthal, if you all know Ken Rosenthal, he is a uh, maybe the most respected baseball writer. And uh, he writes for The Athletic now. And um, he had a piece earlier this week kind of looking at the current state of Major League Baseball ownership. And uh, you know, essentially it was talking about Steve Cohen, who's the owner of the New York Mets, was, was a big part of it, as being what he called a new breed of owner, uh, who, who is, quote unquote, obsessed with winning no matter the budget. Now, first of all, Nate, a, a new breed of owner who's obsessed with winning no matter the budget. What That, that sounds like, uh, well, uh, that sounds pretty good, I guess I'll say. I'm not going to launch into my rant yet. I didn't know you could arrange those words in that order in a sentence and have it work. <laughs> right, but evidently you can. And so um, so anyway, it was, a, it was a really interesting piece. And Rosenthal essentially said that, um, it talks about this new breed of owner and um, then specifically calls out, well, let me just read this. This is a new breed of owner operating under a new collective bargaining agreement that reflects the union's success in raising the luxury tax thresholds and staving off harsher penalties. Cohen took over the Mets in late 2020. Seidler became the Padres control person not long after that. Middleton became a 48% shareholder in the Phillies in 2014 and their control person in 2016. And those were examples of owners who, they're just spending money. They're just trying desperately to win. The Padres, man, they've not won hardly anything, but they still keep uh, trying to win. The Phillies, look what happened. They made it all the way to the World Series because they're trying to win. Then he ends it up with, uh, Rosenthal ends up the, the, the paragraph with, with any luck, the Nationals and Angels both currently for sale, 
will be bought by like-minded individuals or groups. And the turnover will continue with the Reds, A's, and Pirates, to name three clubs that need a change. So, Nate, just what were your thoughts when you saw that? I know what your initial thoughts were because I saw them on uh, on the Twitters. But uh, the Reds need a change at ownership? Really? Yeah, who would have thunk it? Nobody's even mentioned that in years. Um, yeah, what you're alluding to, my initial thought was, it sure was nice having Ken Rosenthal say what we've been saying forever. And I don't know if you noticed, there wasn't a peep of opposition or pushback to his thoughts on Twitter. He's uh, one of, if not the most respected name in baseball journalism. And you know, people get mad at you or mad at us or any number of folks that agree with this sentiment, but it didn't have much to say about that piece. And if you, if you read it, it's just freaking true. Like, if you buy the argument that the Reds just can't compete with those teams and the Castellinis don't have enough money, then take the $1.19 billion valuation, sell it for more than that, recoup your investment, and ride off into the sunset. Sell the team to someone who cares about winning, just like they're doing in San Diego. For God's sake, give me something to get excited about other than a cheap beer Tuesday and bobblehead. <laughs> right, exactly. It was really interesting to see what you what you uh, talked about, which is the the no pushback and and also it threw into stark contrast what we see often, which is that it takes someone outside of the Cincinnati market to say the things that are that are obviously true to everyone. And I say someone other than me, obviously me, because nobody cares about what I say. But okay. Um, well, thank you. I appreciate that. But, you know, um, City Beat uh, Magazine, they were one of the the only real print outlet other than my beloved Cincinnati Magazine that discussed the billboard thing earlier this year. And they actually wrote a piece about this or alluding to, to Rosenthal's comments. And the, the photo they used with their uh, piece was uh, the, the photograph of the billboard. So hash, hash Brown, <laughs> sell the team Bob, which I appreciate. And they mentioned us uh, kindly in there. But but it's really interesting to me that and this is something we've talked about a little bit before that, that the, the the sell the team Bob billboard and again it was it was a dumb thing it was a bunch of us yahoos and I love it and it still cracks me up but it was it was all fans um, but but no print no print outlets wrote about it none not a one and I talked about it a little bit with Bill on the on a recent podcast but um, there's a reason for that uh, no one with a relationship with the Reds is willing to say these things. I was willing to say it because I'm willing. I was willing to burn any relationships that I did up with the Reds. Just set them aflame because, uh, yeah, whatever. Who cares? We're you know, um, and because my editors at Cincinnati Magazine don't care. The managing editor li- mm-hmm. editor literally said, uh, "Write the truth." Uh, what are the, we we on crazy? And if they give us access, well, then they won't give us access. Whatever. But that that's. That's something that was long before me. It was, and I mentioned it last week, but they had had a run in back when they wrote uh, a piece about Brandon Phillips that was not well received. And so they were, I think they just decided, you know, we're not covering games every day. I mean, I'm, I'm writing a weekly column for them, but we don't cover them every, every game. We don't have to be in the stadium. So, but anyway, uh, really interesting to see someone outside uh, Cincinnati actually say what's obvious, which is that this is not right. What's happening to this uh, once proud franchise. And it's, I, I guess I like the fact that there are owners now that are, you know, we saw this in years past here in the, in recent years, not as much. There are owners that are throwing caution to the wind saying, all I want to do is win. I don't care about the bottom line. And it, that, that 
puts even more into stark contrast what we have here in Cincinnati. And we don't need we talk about it all. We don't have to rant about it much more. But um, but you and I had the same reaction, which was, oh, good. Somebody's saying what we've been trying to say. Uh, maybe somebody will listen to Ken Rosenthal. Yeah, much more respected and uh, vocal, loud mouthpiece. <laughs> yeah, Thanks, Ken. Yeah, mu- much more vocal than us. So anyway, that was, I thought, interesting. We don't need to dive into it too much more, but I would encourage you to go read that piece if you're a subscriber to The Athletic. If not, uh, I would suggest you head over to uh, CityBeat, citybeat.com, and they have a good piece about it. Um, and also our friend Doug Gray at redlegnation.com uh, has a, a good piece about that. Um, so, oh man, I just want to spend the rest of the hour talking about Castellini because <laughs> I get off on it, but I can't do that because, you know, a little bit of that goes a long way and I've been doing it for a year now or more than a year. But let's talk about what other, again, not really news of the week necessarily because transaction wise, there was one thing we'll talk about, but because uh, we have a viewer mail question about it, but uh, a very tiny transaction. But I do want to mention that Baseball America, uh, now you've heard of Baseball America, I presume. I've they, heard both uh, of those things individually. <laughs> baseball and America. Um, I like both of them. Absolutely. They released their updated top 10 Reds prospects uh, list this week. And we're not, not going to get into that because, you know, prospects, whatever. Um, Reds got a haul. But what, more, what was more interesting is that they projected out their lineup three years in the future. The Reds projected 2026 lineup. And they've, they've done this for years. And uh, I would love to go back and see how often they're correct because these projections presume that all these guys that are currently in the organization are going to graduate up. And, and, and they, they admit that's a conceit that's not going to happen, but it's a way to look at what, what does the, the depth chart look like in, in the minor leagues. And so just, just quickly run down these. Um, Tyler Stevenson at catcher, yes, please. He'll be 29 years old in three years. Christian Encarnacio Strand at first base. Jonathan Lee at second base. Noel V. Marte at third base. Edwin Arroyo at shortstop. And that, that surprised me a little bit because all these mm-hmm. great shortstops the Reds have in the in the minor league system, that's the one they chose at shortstop, which would be great. Um, and he'll be 20, only 23 years old in 2026. Jay Allen, power hitting uh, uh, left fielder is what they haven't projected. L.A. De La Cruz in center. He'll be 24 in uh, 2026. Right field, Cam Collier, first-round draft pick. Designated hitter, Sal Stewart, who is not an actually uh, a person that actually exists. They made that name up. Uh, Sal Stewart. No, it's not true. They, he does exist. And then the uh, the rotation. Nick Lodolo, number one starter over Hunter Green. Chase Petty, number three. Brandon Williams, number four. Graham Ashcraft, number five. That's five starters under the age of 28. They have Connor Phillips as their closer. It seems like there's another guy that should, might be in the mix to be the closer uh, named Diaz. But anyway, we don't have to go in, in depth in that. I thought it was an interesting exercise. I don't know if there's anything you want to, to say about it. Uh, I just I thought it was was kind of fun. Yeah. Um, the one thing that I like looking at this roster is that there are four, maybe five of what I would call professional hitters. Guys that I think even on their down seasons are going to have like a 108, 110 way to run to create a plus. Just, and we haven't had that in a while. Uh, Joey is that kind of guy. Obviously, he is the top, top, top tier. But you think more about like a Michael Brantley type that even when they're 35, 36, they're going to show up and they're just they're going to hit. They're going to be good hitters for the lifetime of their career. And I think Tyler Stevenson's that guy. I think Encarnacion Strand's that guy. And then what you're hearing about Noel Ve Marte and Cam Collier, also those kind of guys. So I, w- I would like the idea of having a lineup full of dudes that are going to be tough, tough outs. 
Yeah, no, I agree. I agree completely. Now we talk often here about our Slack channel. If you're a, a friend at patreoncom slash riverfront you can, uh, $2 a month, you can join our fund on the Slack channel. But anyway, uh, some really interesting points uh, made today in the Slack channel about this list. And, um, the, the biggest one was this, um, is Jonathan India actually going to be a second baseman? in three years. Is he going to be here, but also is he going to be a second baseman? Um, our buddy Jace Linford says, I can't see any reality where Jonathan is playing second base for the Reds of 2026. Joe Farsing, um, who you know from the award-winning Bengals Riverfront show. If you're not subscribed to that, you're sure. dead to me. Go subscribe to it now. Joe is one of the top two hosts of that show. And um, I mean, he's a solid number two, let's be honest, but um, in, in every way, he's number two. But Joe says, if he's a red, then he's left field. People get so mad, but he's not a good fielder, and he won't have the shift to help cover up. And I'm sorry for releasing uh, private communications from our Slack channel, but I didn't think either of those guys would would mind that. Um, yeah, you know, I mean, I don't know. I'm not as down on India's defense um, as, as Joe seems to be, although I will say that uh, the shift has certainly helped him, and it, it remains to be seen whether he's actually a good defensive uh, second baseman. He's shown uh, – Signs. He's also shown signs of being really bad um, at times. So my my hot take here is that neither Tyler Stevenson nor Jonathan Indy will be here in 2026. And I hate saying that out loud because I hope it's not true, but that's, uh, that's my thought. Moving uh, on then, because we're not going to dive deep into a world where Tyler <laughs> Stevenson is not on this roster. In three years. I agree. I agree. Please, please. So, um, and I, I'm with you on the professional hitter thing. That's kind of gotten lost in the, 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 you know, clamor for power hitters in recent years and i understand why but man i always love a guy like hal morris is the guy from my generation and mm-hmm. i'm like uh that's a professional hitter you roll him out of bed at three in the morning he'll get a he'll hit a double into the gap so all right um nate we have a, a topic of the week here and i think it's time to get into it are you, are you ready for this i could not be more ready well if you uh, if you're watching on youtube or actually if you're listening on the uh on your audio app, you already know what the title of this show is, so you've got a preview of what uh, we're talking about. But it's time, that time of year, Nate. It's a, it's the holiday season. I know you always get really festive around the holiday season. Are you are you festive today? Festive. We talked about how I'm growing my Christmas beard. I mean, I have a few adult beverages more often than I usually would. Maybe work less than I should be. Tis the season. Wonderful. Well, let's discuss the Cincinnati Reds and uh, things happening in and around the Cincinnati Reds in Christmas movie quotes. Man, what a great idea this is. This is going to be fun. This is something we do occasionally uh, for different quotes. My favorite would be uh, uh, Elf. Last year, this time last year, we did uh, the Cincinnati Reds in Elf quotes. Mm -hmm. Fantastic movie. Um, And and some. if if you haven't listened to that, go back and listen to it because it's fantastic. Uh, I I won't tell you who the angry elf is. (laughs) <laughs> but uh, Christmas movie quotes. And so, Nate, I'm going to toss some at you. Let me hear what you say. And uh, and, and and we'll uh, we'll talk a little bit about these quotes with respect to Cincinnati Reds. Do you understand the conceit here? Do you understand what we're doing? I think we can. All right. Then we're going to start with the classic Christmas movie, Die Hard. First quote is from John McClane. Come out to the coast. We'll get together. Have a few laughs. Now you remember which uh, where, what what that scene was in uh, in Die Hard, right, Nate? 
Absolutely. That was the iconic air vent scene in the definite absolute Christmas movie, Die Hard. After finding himself crawling through a tiny little vent system to escape the bad guys, John McClane, our, our heroine hero, takes some time <laughs> to complain to himself. You know, it's a pretty human moment for Mr. McClane. It's fantastic. It's also pretty similar to Nick Crawl's sales pitch to this year's free agent class. If you replace the words the coast with Great American Small Park, you pretty much got it. <laughs> hey, so, we can't we can't pay you real money, but come out to GABP, bump the numbers, we'll get together, have a few laughs. <laughs> and what what after that? And in all likelihood, you know, ship them off to a contender down the stretch. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. That's what we talked about earlier. They have a little money. They're trying to bring people. Uh, so, <laughs> not, yeah. not a ton. Not a ton. Not a ton. But yeah, come on out to Great American Ball Park. We'll get together and have a few laughs. Um, and I will say this, that every time I've been to the Great American Ballpark, I have a few laughs. It's always always good for a few laughs. So uh, that's a good one. I can't, uh, I can't uh, compete with that at all. So next we're going to move along to Home Alone. All right. Now, I, there, there are a couple of quotes here. I'm going to ask you which one you prefer. Um, Here's the first one. What you want? You want to do these? I'll take the first one. How about that? All right, you take the first one. All right, the first one is uh, from Kevin Macaulay Culkin's character in Christmas classic Home Alone. He says, "I'm eating junk food and watching rubbish. You better come out and stop me." <laughs> All right, I'm going to dedicate. I'm going to dedicate this one to uh, Mike Mustakis, who. Is probably yelling that very thing to the Reds front <laughs> office so that they'll just cut him and let him leave. <laughs> I'm eating junk food and watching rubbish. You better come <laughs> out and stop. I can just imagine him with, you know, you got, you got Cheeto uh, dust around his uh, mouth. And oh my goodness, that's horrible. We should not say things like that in public, Nate. It's really not good. Well, how about this one? I'm going to give you another one. And, and you, uh, I think there's a better one. That's a All good right. one. I, th I think there's a better one. Let me give you this one and uh, and, and see what you say. So uh, late in the movie, Kevin is talking to fake Santa and he asks fake Santa to pass along a little message to the real big guy, you know, the one that doesn't smell like beef and cheese. And so he asks this, would you please tell him that instead of presents this year, I just want my family back. Now, can you relate that to the Cincinnati Reds? So this one's kind of relevant to some news that we got today. Um, somebody leaked a, I don't know if it's, you can call it a report, but a statement that the Reds were somewhat interested in bringing back Johnny Cueto. Obviously, no secret, we would support that here at the Riverfront. So this quote is getting dedicated to none other than uh, me, dedicating this quote <laughs> to myself. And I realize that true joy in life just doesn't come from big name free agents or your trades even for established superstars. You know, I won't be selfish and ask for that for Christmas. Instead, just give me my family back. Go out there, sign Johnny Cueto, bring Tucker back as a backup for a couple of years. You know, I know Castellanos, Castellanos and Gino Suarez are a lot to ask for, so maybe maybe we'll, we'll splash in Jesse Winker. Heck, even Zach Cozart's donkey. <laughs> yeah, this year my letter to Santa just says, Dear Nick Crawl in the Red Front Office, instead of presents, I just, I just want my family back. 
<laughs> I love it. I absolutely love it. Um, it's something that we've talked about a little bit here. And of course, what Nate's talking about is we've discussed this a little bit. You know, uh, Johnny Cueto changed his profile picture to be a picture Jesus. of him in a Reds uniform. And um, so John Morosi of MLB Network did report uh, just today that the Reds have expressed interest in a reunion with Johnny Cueto. And now what that means, I don't know. You know Cueto's going to be 37. Expressed interest. That could be Nick Crawl just saying, oh, we like that guy. You know, I don't know what it means, but um, it would be fabulous. And yes, get the family back together, Nate. I think it's perfect. I'm telling you, I've been boycotting Great American, um, boycotting Castellini, really. And I I hate it. I miss it. I desperately miss going to Great American Ballpark. Um, I don't care if the Reds lost 100 games this year. If you got the band back together, I would be there. And I'm and 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 I'm talking about Cueto and. And Tucker Barn, like you said, be he's not coming back. Uh, what's that? I said we can't be good, be likable. Exactly right. You know, I mean, heck, I'm serious. Sign Adam Dunn to a one-year contract. Sign, yeah. uh, you know, bring back Austin Kearns. Let's get Kearns and Dunn back together. I don't care that they can't <laughs> play big league baseball anymore. Um, you know, just uh, get Aaron, bring Aaron Harang out. Let him try to uh, get into the Reds Hall of Fame. Reggie Sanders. So The Yankees uh, would be happy to give us Aaron Boone. That's, that's probably true. We'll bring Aaron Boone back. and um, yeah, We really should bring uh, Reggie Sanders and, and Glenn Braggs back. Because if you've seen them on the on the Instagrams, they look like they could still play. They can still hit. So, they can still hit. All right, that's a great one, Nate. I, I, kudos to that one. All right, here we go. Um, we've got a couple of quotes from National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. And um, the first one, I'll take this one. The first one is from our buddy, Cousin Eddie. And uh, the quote is this, if that thing had nine lives, she just spent them all. <laughs> and we're going to we're gonna dedicate that one. <laughs> if uh, that thing had nine lives, she just spent them all to our dear friend, Aristides Aquino, who, man, more than nine lives. And I, I, I don't know, he may have 10 or 11. He may come back to the Reds at some point, so... That's got to go to Aristides Aquino. Give me, give us another one, Nate. Let's see here. I'll stick with National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Um, Ellen Griswold says, well, I don't know what to say, except it's Christmas and we're all in misery. <laughs> that's perfect. <laughs> that's, the, that's just the Reds offseason, man. I mean, it is almost Christmas. There has been no worthwhile news at all. Not, we're getting excited about reports that the Reds might potentially be interested in a player who last played for them several years ago. <laughs> I don't know. Misery loves company. We say that a lot here, and yeah, that that quote fits. Ellen Griswold. I mean, it's like she was the first Reds uh, podcaster. <laughs> you know, well, I don't know what to say except it's Christmas and we're all in misery. Oh man, I love it. That's fantastic. That's a good find, Nate. I get kudos on that. All right, next quote here is uh, is from A Christmas Story. Fabulous uh, Christmas movie. And what I'll say about uh, uh, this quote, and I'll let you um, pontificate on it, but what I will say is this. Um, first of all, Christmas Story is fantastic, but it, you you found this quote, and, and you're going to make me say a word that I've never said on uh, the podcast <laughs> before. So, But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it. Here's the quote. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> no, I, only, only one thing in the world could have dragged me away from the soft glow of electric sex gleaming in the window. 
Let me do that again, just because I like saying that. Only one thing in the world could have dragged me away from the soft glow of electric sex gleaming in the window. Now, how in the world are you going to compare that, relate that back to the Cincinnati Reds? The world's most dangerous podcast in action. <laughs> um, so this one is a little heartfelt, and it makes sense that you don't want to um, you know, spouse upon it. This one goes out to anyone out there that is boycotting the Reds by not going to Great American Ballpark. You know, I'd, I'd like to take this time to say that while I respect your decision, it is worth noting that this very well might be the last we get to see of one Mr. Joseph Daniel Votto, at least in a Reds uniform. So if there's anything that can drag you away from the soft glow of electric sex that is sticking it to Bob and Phil, <laughs> catching Joey this season is a Pretty worthwhile reason. Oh, Nate, you're killing me. You're killing me. Let, that, let's go ahead now. That's a good time to uh, ask our first uh, viewer mail question of the night. These questions, as always, come from our friends at patreon.com slash riverfrontcincy. That's patreon.com slash riverfrontcincy, where you too can support the riverfront. Because this comes from James Urban. James says, will 2023 be the last season we see Joey Votto as a red? And the answer is almost is almost certainly yes. And it's sad. It's going to be something we're going to be talking about all season long. But Nate, with your uh, electric sex uh, quote, um, has has got me thinking something that I hadn't really, I hadn't really put into words yet, and hadn't really thought about. Ooh, is that which PG PG thirteen? <laughs> <laughs> me, Joey Votto, <laughs> his glorious beard. Um, no, but it's that. In, in the back of my mind, I'm presuming this is going to be Joey's last year. Last year was Condra. He does have an, an option year, but, um, and I've got this Castellini boycott thing going on, but I'm just, I guess I'm going to, I will, I will abandon the boycott at th- some point this year because I, I have to see Votto. I mean, I'll try to catch him at other, other parks, you know, maybe get up to a nationals park or, um, you know, I, I'm not sure if they play in Baltimore this year or try to get at, up to Pittsburgh or Philadelphia or somewhere. Mm-hmm. I'll try to see him other places, but, uh, I think that's the one thing that could get me to pause my boycott is that I'm, I'm, I'm afraid this is going to be the last year we get to see Votto. And it makes me sad because Joey Votto is nothing if not electric sex. <laughs> Facts. Big I'm bank. tempted to, I'm not going to do it, but man, I would love to uh, title this episode, uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> the riverfront number 457, Joey Votto is electric sex. <laughs> I want to see uh, if the views spike. Yeah, really. I might, I might need to try it. Uh, Nate, I hope your parents aren't watching this. <laughs> we'll see. All right, we'll Nate. See. We'll hear about it if they are. Why don't you, you take show- the next one? Are you sure? Because this is not, these are not, uh, this is not a movie I would have chosen to add to our uh, collection of Christmas quotes. This next one, but I'll do it. It's from uh, Nate's favorite movie, Love Actually. Love Actually. First quote is this To me, you are perfect. That's from Mark in Love Actually, right? That's obviously, again, to Joey Votto, who is, I'm not going to say it again, but uh, right, he's, he's perfect. He is perfect. All right, so the next yeah, one. Um, for what it's worth, I got inspiration from my fiance. So what's your favorite Christmas movie? It was this one, and then I 
told her what we were doing here and she said oh well you should include my favorite quote which is uh oh so there was more than one lobster at the birth of jesus christ (laughs) (laughs) wait what (laughs) i could not figure out how to incorporate that so uh maybe maybe next year oh that's um the next one was from the prime minister played by uh the dreamy hugh grant he said i love that word relationship covers all manner of sins doesn't it I fear that this has become a bad relationship, a relationship based on the president taking exactly what he wants and casually ignoring all those things that really matter to um, Britain. Oh, that's perfect. That kind of seems like something we have touched on already today, so no need to dive too much deeper. In this case, the Castellinis and the Reds' ownership are the president. They are taking what they want for only what they want without any care of what. How it makes Britain feel. And I don't like calling Reds fans Britain, but uh, Calvin Metcalf, our <laughs> Patreon bud, will be happy about that. Exactly. Yeah, we got we got some, some British uh, patron or a British patron. All right, so uh, that's fantastic. It's perfect. I love it. Last one. Again, I can't believe we're talking about love actually on the, uh, the world's not even close to being the most dangerous podcast <laughs> now. We just lost our spot. Last one, though, is from that because I think it's a good one. This is Sam uh, in that movie. Girls love musicians, don't they? Even the really weird ones get girlfriends. Nate, go ahead. Who do we, who do we dedicate that one to? Uh, last bit of uh, Reds news that we can uh, we can relate in this column: Bronson Arroyo. You know, congrats on the Reds Hall of Fame nod. It was a uh, you know big honor for Bronson, and he is notoriously a musician and notoriously really weird. So, <laughs> just kind of fit. Well, uh, Bronson Roy was very kind to my son once upon a time, and so I'm going to uh, say nothing but nice things about him. Also, uh, he was one of my favorite Reds, and yes, I don't care if you're weird. We love him. All right, so anyway, that's the Cincinnati Reds in Christmas movie quotes. We hope all of you, whether you're celebrating Christmas, whatever, happy holidays. We hope you uh, have a great holiday season, and I really appreciate you in sort of, uh, you know, putting us in your ears <laughs> while when you're, you know, trying to avoid your family during interminable, you know, family uh, holiday uh, gatherings. Um, man, I've really got to watch what I say here because well, my family's not going to listen to this. But um, <laughs> A couple more items of news this week that I wanted, not really news, but that I wanted to uh, at least briefly uh, dive into. The first of these, Nate, is that the Reds are reportedly shopping some of these uh, shortstop prospects. They have all these uh, shortstop prospects from Matt McClain to Noel V. Marte to Edwin Arroyo to uh, the uh, the legend, Ellie De La Cruz. And so the Reds, uh, this is again from a report, from another report from Ken Rosenthal at The Athletic, says that the Reds are shopping some of their shortstop prospects, trying to land trades that would potentially fill other holes they have, but, and, and specifically says they're targeting outfielders, but, which makes sense because the Reds have no outfielders, but um, so, sort of talking about prospect for prospect trades. And I don't know that we need to do a whole lot of uh, uh, in-depth analysis of this necessarily because um, we've talked uh, occasionally about how the Reds have all these shortstops. But, uh, you know, it's it's a good idea. I mean, I don't have any objections to that. And uh, hopefully uh, Nick Craw will be as successful as he was in his recent trade dealing. So I thought we should mention it, Nate. Do you have any thoughts about it? Only that, um, you know, comparable prospects. I don't really care what position you play if you're the prospect at a, at a certain level and you're getting another guy at a different position that's also at a certain level and great that uh, makes sense to me 
Um, age and readiness would be my big concern. Um, if they trade a guy who's a season or two away from, you know, making his debut for somebody that's three or four years away, that's, that's going to annoy me. Yeah, no, and I think we talked about it on the last podcast, uh, but I can't. These things run together, so. But yeah, you know, I would rather have a the Reds trade for a, um, a center field prospect rather than move one of their shortstops to center field because you know, there's a reason the guy's already a center fielder, um, and you you can't be sure that Ellie De La Cruz, who's projected by uh, Baseball America to be the center field, you can't be sure he can actually play the position. He probably can. Billy Hamilton did. Eric Davis did. If you want to go back that far, but. Uh, so I'm fine with it, but yeah, I think that's a good point. If they're trading uh, a Matt McClain, who's close to the big leagues, and I don't know how good Matt McClain's going to be in the big leagues, but if they're trading that guy um, for, uh, and he's a legitimate prospect, he'll be a big league yeah. player, uh, whether he'll be a starter or what, I don't know what will happen, but but if you're trading that guy for some dude in single A that's three, four years away, no, no, you can get out of here with that. You can, you can, you can lose yeah. me on that. No, no thanks. So, which is my fear. I'm, I'm afraid that's what would happen. And I would love to see people coming to defense of that. <laughs> some uh, people would come to the defense of that, and uh, even some potentially some. Uh, some I'm not going to say that. Never mind. Some people will come to the defense of that. I'm not going to call anyone out. Um, and it could actually be the right move, uh, but uh, you're going to have a hard time convincing me. So, last thing before we get into the rest of the viewer mail, Nate, is this. Our buddy Wick Terrell over at redreporter.com, uh, he, he wrote a piece this week that he titled The Status Quo 2024 Cincinnati Reds. Uh, yeah, sort of looking like, uh, are the Reds going to stay the, the status quo? Um, you know, what does it look like? What does it mean? And I, I don't have much to say here, and, uh, and, and maybe you do, but other than just, I think you should go to Red Reporter and read that because Wick Terrell is, again, we, we love having him. He's a frequent guest here on the show. He's always funny. He's always uh, insightful. And I uh, I think you should all go read that. Nate, any thoughts? Yeah, I mean, first off, absolutely. Go, re- go read the piece, Wix the man. Um, he was kind of just laying out, what's this team going to look like in a few years if they just sit back and do nothing? If we wait on the prospects to arrive, we have the guys we have, Let's. how's that going to look? And at first I got kind of depressed <laughs> reading it. Because there's no way that all of these guys, these prospects, end up panning out. You know, they're not all going to be legit contributors to a playoff team. Those odds are barely more than zero. But you know me, I'm a, I'm a glass half full kind of guy. I always try to bring the uh, optimism and excitement to the Riverfront podcast. So yeah, instead of belaboring the whole Reds aren't going to spend money, and I'm sad, you know, talking point that we uh, so often do. I'm going to go in the opposite direction, and I say. Let's lean into it, Reds. Let's see how low we can go with this payroll. Just start non-tendering dudes. <laughs> Left and right. The Orioles, you know, the Orioles had the lowest payroll last year, 43.4 million. Psh, get Joey and Moose off the books. They can beat that without even no. trying. No. That 2013 <laughs> Astros, they lost 111 games, spending 26 million. Chump change. We can get this thing down down below 20. <laughs> Oh, if I thought that there were, if, if I thought there were was leadership that were uh, that did it for the reasons that the Astros did it, I'd be all for it, maybe. But Nate, stop! You're killing me. <laughs> oh my gosh! Go read Wick's piece. Uh, do not listen to a word that Nate says. That's outrageous. Also, good advice in general. 
<laughs> All right, Nate, uh, you want to answer some viewer mail questions? Yeah, let's knock them out. All right, these questions, I already told you, they come from our friends at patreon.com slash riverfront. The first comes from our, again, second mention of him today, which uh, really upsets me. It's, but it's Joe Farzing. Joe is uh, pretty good about getting in under the wire um, or uh, getting in first on these, uh, these questions. Here's his question. I'm president of the Cincinnati chapter of the Jake Wong fan club. Would you gents like to be VP and treasurer? Plenty of leadership space available. If you're wondering who Jake Wong is, uh, first of all, this is not a Christmas movie, but I'm going to give up. The first person to tweet me uh, what movie this is from wins my eternal gratitude. And I don't know, I'll follow you on Twitter or I don't know what I'll do. But anyway, here's the quote uh, about the Reds acquiring pitcher Jake Wong in a trade with the Giants. Wong? Toby Wong? Toby? Toby Wong? I'm not going to say the next line because it has a, a something worse than electric sex in it. Um, but if you can tell me what movie that's from, Toby Wong, then you win my uh, eternal admiration. Anyway, the Reds acquired right-handed pitcher Jake Wong to complete their trade from last week, where if you remember, we uh, had a great fun mocking the Reds over drafting Blake Sable, the immortal Blake Sable, and then trading him to San Francisco for cold hard cash uh, within uh, hours. And uh, they also got a player to be named later. Uh, Jake Wong is that player to be named later. He was actually a third round pick back in 2018, but has not been particularly good since uh, becoming a professional. And he's like 40 years old now. No, he's 26. Um, I don't know. Maybe he can be a reliever. Um, I I don't know, but he's kind of another body. But so, but to answer the question, yes, Joe, I want to be the uh, either the vice president or the treasurer. I don't I don't care which of the Jake Wong fan club, and I'm hopeful that he becomes a contributing member of the 2023 Cincinnati Reds. Nate, nope, I'm all the way out. Jake Wong, <laughs> take a hike, bro. In the five minutes we had Blake Sable, I had talked myself into him. Kyle Bodie tweeted something out about you know, him being like, a, this is a really good pickup. There's a lot of reason for optimism for this guy. And then in true Reds fashion, he's gone half an hour later. And now we get somebody named Jake Wong, who I swear I thought Joe had made up. <laughs> no, not on the not on the fan club. I'm on the anti-fan club. I'm going to be the president of people that are actively rooting against you, Jake Wong. Oh, actually, I, I don't want to be the vice president of the anti-Jake Wong fan club because he's not done nothing to me. Um, but I will ask if we could maybe have a third fan club. Let's just make it the the uh, the uh, Blake Sable uh, fan club. And I'm all, I'm all about Sable. I would like to be the uh, vice president of that fan club. Maybe? No? No. Next question from Joey Gaditza. Joey, our friend from Canada, where it is negative 126,000 degrees right now. Uh, he keeps posting uh, photos in our uh, Slack channel about what the uh, the weather is up there from his whatever his weather app is, and it's outrageous. Joey Gates says, morning, fellas. Waiting for the Reds to make a significant move is like kids waiting for Christmas morning to see what's under the tree. So what does jolly old Bob Having the sack for us. Cole, 
Nate, uh, you've often wanted to talk about uh, uh, jolly old Bob Castellini's sack. I'll let you do that. I'm not that interested in it. <laughs> All right, we're dangerous again. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoyed Joey referring to him as jolly old Bob. We should have done that long ago. Um, we're going to get nothing, and it's going to stink. I still keep hoping that at some point they'll come out and be like, okay, guys, this is what we're doing. I went back through a bunch of articles and Nick Crawl interviews um, for fun because I hate myself. And <laughs> he always talks about player de- development. We got to build from within. We got to work with the payroll. He never says anything about signing some free agents down the road and like filling the gaps. Like we're gonna we're gonna get some guys later once our young guys are ready to contribute. We always say that. Red's Twitter always says that, but I couldn't find a single instance of Nick Carl saying anything like that. So it keeps going back to what I've sort of been harping on a little bit is, is if there is a plan, can my Christmas present be that you just tell us that that is the plan? Don't make me hope that it is the plan. Say, hey, we're not going to do crap this year. We might sign a couple guys to, to brand and jury it up. Hope we can get a prospect <laughs> or two back for them. But next year we're gonna we're gonna sign a couple bridge guys. We're gonna see if maybe we can't take advantage of the young guys uh, you know, getting ready a little bit early, maybe uh, contend a little bit earlier than the, we expect the window to be. But no, we've not heard anything like that. It's just player development built from within. So yeah, we're gonna get nothing. But I'm gonna that would make me at ease. <laughs> you know, you've 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 clarified something that I thought a lot and. Um, this is maybe the the single most frustrating thing I have with this organization. We've made the case here on the show that there is there is a path. There there genuinely is a path. Given the Greg's good farm system, there is a path they could be competitive uh, sooner rather than later, even you know in a couple of years. And it's something that I talk about a lot on here, which is that the Reds need to hire me or someone that knows how to talk. Uh, I mean, I know I have this ridiculous accent, but um, I think I can uh, clarify some concepts using words, which uh, Nick Crawl has a difficulty doing sometimes. They need to hire someone to speak for Nick Crawl because I really think that would satisfy a lot of people that are really frustrated with the Reds. I'm not. Gonna, I'm never going to be happy that the Reds did this thing where they just decided to punt on last year and just go, you know tear it down again and trust the process. But if you just had someone that would come out and say what we've been saying, there is a path. Well, tell us that that's the path that you're choosing, that we had this great farm system. Now we've restocked it. We're going to let some of these guys develop in 2023, beginning in uh, either late, either maybe in 2023, you, you can be in this, but even if, we're, if you say beginning in 2024, we're going to start looking at the free agent market, the trade market. We're going to start filling these in. We're going to spend some money to fill in the holes, depending on who shows us that, that they're ready for the big leagues the following year. I think you get a lot of people invested a little bit more. Yeah. But, inst- but instead, what we have is what you said, which is just, we got a lot of good prospects. Trust us. And no, that doesn't fly. So, um, and, and so much of this is just sort of PR in some ways. They could really change the narrative, even if they don't, even if they don't intend to do it that way. Yeah, they, they could, just lie. <laughs> they could lie to us, and we'd be like, "Okay, that sounds pretty good." Uh, but they won't. They can't even do that. They're so incompetent they can't even do that. That's that's what's frustrating to me. So 
I'm with you. That's what I want from jolly old uh, St. Bob uh, or whatever we call him. Um, that's what I want for Christmas. I love it. That's what I want in uh, jolly old Bob sack. <laughs> Sorry. Moving on. <laughs> Moving on. Um, Jordan Salisbury. Next question comes from our buddy Jordan Salisbury. Jordan's question is this. Gentlemen, I hope it's been a wonderful week. Thank you, Jordan. It is, Jordan. Yeah, I appreciate that for you cares. too. We do Very hope nice that. And isn't it nice that someone cares whether we've had a wonderful week? Not like um, that Joe Farsing guy. Yeah, no, Joe actively hopes bad things for us. <laughs> Jordan's question is this uh, just checking back, uh, just checking back in, uh, Chad, because I wanted to see if you were able to watch Redemption. And if so, what did you think? This and is the question if, that um, all of the Reds podcast universe has been wanting an answer to. Right. If you listen a couple of weeks ago, uh, Jordan mentioned this, uh, this movie because I've, I've, I'm a long time admirer of the world's greatest actor, Jason Statham. And so um, I mentioned him. And so Jordan asked the question, well, have you seen this particular Jason Statham movie? And I was embarrassed to say that I had not yet. And uh, I'm, Sort of embarrassed uh, with my answer here, but not really. And I'll tell you the answer. The answer is um, almost. I uh, we got this question, and it had been on my list, and I just hadn't had. It's been a busy time, so I hadn't had time to watch the movie. So I rushed home from work today to, and put the movie on. I told Nate I was going to try to do this, and there's 20 minutes left. I've watched all but 20 minutes. Oh, no. So I know, right? So as soon as we finish here, I'm going to go finish it. So by the time you listen to this, Jordan Salisbury, I'm going. To, well, I will have uh, watched the movie. Here's my impressions from the first hour and 20 minutes of that movie. Number one, let me just say this: this movie, there's a reason it did not win an Academy Award. There is a reason that no one from the movie got nominated for Academy an Academy Award. Um, this movie has some flaws, and it's also the greatest movie I've ever seen in my life. It is fantastic. It's kind of dumb in places. But, oh, my goodness, if you haven't seen the Redemption, again, if you have HBO Max, go watch it, Redemption. I can't wait to see the ending because this is the exact perfect role for Jason Statham. He's a war hero. He comes back. He's living on the streets. And uh, I won't talk about where it goes from there, but uh, it's just it's exactly what I want out of a movie. Nate, uh, some people call me a movie snob and I do like uh, movies that are, uh, you know, quote unquote, uh, you know, important movies. My goodness. I'll watch a Jason Statham kick, kick somebody's butt movie any day of the week. Um, and I'll take that over any of these, these Marvel movies and I watch all the Marvel movies, but I will take a Jason Statham movie like this anytime. So, so redemption, Nate, you got to watch it next. Done. Deal. And then we will do a uh, a future podcast on uh, the 2023 Reds in redemption quotes. <laughs> oh, man, it's going to be amazing. Oh, goodness. I'm already excited. Oh, it's terribly exciting. All right. Next question comes from Seth Shaner. Seth asks this question. Will, with Nate being a newlywed, what advice does Chad have for him for holiday gifted ideas? Also, with reports of the Reds looking to swap minor league shortstops or minor league outfielders, what happens if the Reds trade the wrong prospects for the wrong prospects? Oh, my goodness. First of all, I'm not answering that. Yeah. I'm not answering the second question. Oh, my goodness. Nick Carl's going to trade the correct prospects 
Matt McLean's who I'm encouraging him to trade if there's a market for him. For uh, for the right prospects, I choose to be optimistic. The first question, though, with Nate being newlywed, what advice does Chad have for him for holiday gift ideas? All right, first of all, Nate's not a newlywed yet. It's coming. Sometime. It's coming. Looking, looking forward to the uh, two days before the wedding podcast in Puerto Rico. We're going to podcast from Puerto Rico. Chad is invited. <laughs> Imagine that. <laughs> uh, should we tell people where it is so in case they want to show up, uh, they can uh, be oh, on the podcast too? Katrina would murder me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised that she hasn't murdered you for inviting me, first of all. Um, here's my here's my holiday gift idea for the lovely uh, Katrina, who is um, clearly going to be one of my uh, two favorite sisters-in-law. Um. Uh, and uh, I will tell her personally where she stands on that list uh, when I talk to her. But um, I think she knows. Um, sheesh, i got to stop talking. I'm going to get myself in trouble. But here's what I say. You, you know what you need to get her? A Blu-ray 4K edition of uh, a copy of Love Actually. She would be thrilled to death. I don't know that we have the means to play it. but <laughs> You don't even have a Blu-ray player. I'm going to get a poster board that says, to me, you are perfect. <laughs> you are perfect. Ah, oh, yes. And then on the back, picture of Joey Votto. <laughs> no, don't. But don't. she may not look turn to look at the back. So um, that's that's what I have. Uh, my only other ideas were like, you know, what I get for my wife, which is a bowling ball or a vacuum cleaner, or uh, I'm going to get her a new uh, uh, oven, I think, this year. Well, I'm gonna, no, Let me throw this out there real quick. I, I do a thing. I have a little note stock on my phone. And whenever I am out and about or just with Katrina and she says, oh, look at that. Do you like that? I kind of like to have that. I just take a note. And then oh, that's a good idea. come birthdays, come anniversary, come holidays, you've got a whole roster of things that she has said out loud that she wanted. And if she is unlike my future wife, that she hasn't gotten it yet. <laughs> well, <laughs> let, me, let me, I think that's a fantastic idea. I do want to clarify that what I just said were, about an oven or a bowling ball. Those were all Simpsons things. Uh, my wife is amazing. Um, and I would, I, I'm not insinuating anything. Um, she's great. And I'm, what I got her this year, I'm not going to tell I'm going to go and take it. She doesn't listen. Uh, I got her a trip to New York. Uh, we're going to go and do some things she wanted to do in New York. So anyway, New York, New York bowling. is a city. Gonna we're going to go bowling. Going to go bowling. Yes. All right. Um, one final question. This question comes from David Hurst. Hey, you remember David Hurst? Big fan of David Hurst. Yeah, I know you are. I don't. I don't much care for David Hurst. He's 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 joined the 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 club here. He's joined the 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 family, and he just jumped into Slack and he's like talking like like he's a full member of the family. What's he thinking? He's thoughtful. He's insightful. Yeah. What's he doing? What a (laughs) dirtbag. No, he's great. He's been a great addition to our family and. Um, I do appreciate David Hurston. He has the, the, the question that we are debating uh, and have been debating. How many shortstops are too many? I have an answer to that, Nate. I'll let you answer it in a moment. But my answer is how many shortstops are too many? The answer is 10. Because you can only play nine of them. So 10 are too many. I don't know if you have an answer to that, but. Uh, that was going to be my answer. So thanks. Oh, there we go. Oh, good. The Grinch but I stole your Christmas. Answer. You stole my answer. Hey, we did some Christmas quotes, and we didn't do any from the Grinch or from uh, 
It's a Wonderful Life or Elf. What's the deal? I looked into I looked into It's a Wonderful Life, and uh, there's some potential there. But I feel I felt like we can dive a little deeper into that at a later date. Elf, we did them all last year. The Grinch, Doctor Seuss doesn't make it easy. And then there's True. the Jim Carrey one, and it was a little too off off the rails. So I couldn't <laughs> couldn't be in the middle. You know, we could do a, a full uh, It's a Wonderful Life one um, because that's a movie about a guy that's really in despair. <laughs> he's really, I mean, he's about to jump off a bridge, but somehow he finds a way back. Maybe we, we could will, relate that to the Reds. It'll be the only um, podcast in history where, uh, the only Reds podcast in history where it could be titled, It's a Wonderful Life. <laughs> Might be the only time we get to uh, yeah, say that. Oh, it's a wonderful. Well, and guess what? This is a wonderful has been a wonderful podcast to me anyway. I don't know if anyone else is enjoying it, but I enjoyed it. Um, thank you so much for to everyone for listening and uh, supporting the Riverfront. Please remember subscribe to the show either on YouTube or in your favorite podcast app. Also, if you're listening on one of those podcast apps, you know Apple, Spotify, wherever, why don't you just go over to YouTube and subscribe and hit the like button? It, it, it does not hurt you at all. It costs nothing. And it helps other people find us. Also, if you like us, talk about us. That's the best way to grow a podcast is for people to talk about. It. So if you like us, talk about us on wherever, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. We're there at Riverfront Cincy on all those. But if you like us, talk about us. Now, again, if you don't like us, keep your electric sex mouth shut. Um, once again, listen, huge thank you to our supporters at patreon.com slash Riverfront Cincy. This show would literally not be possible. Without the support of our Patreon family, we had a great uh, sort of our private uh, hangout uh, on Zoom with our our Patreon family this week. Had a lot of fun with that. And uh, we'd love for all of you to join in our our wacky hijinks. So patreon.com slash RiverfrontCincy. Click the link in the show notes, whatever. Get there. Nate, any final thoughts? No, this is a lot of fun. Thanks for having me. And uh, if people don't get a chance to listen to next week's, then um, let me say it now. Merry Christmas. Happy Holidays. Whatever you celebrate, we appreciate each and every one of you. Absolutely. Without question. Love, love all of you. For Nate Dotson and Logan Andrusek, this is Chad Dotson saying so long, everyone. This Valentine's Day, Dunkin's got the perfect pairings to show your love. So get down on one knee with a dozen brownie batter donuts and a cocoa mocha signature latte. Or make them swoon with a strawberry dragon fruit Dunkin' refresher with a Cupid's Choice Donut. Are you ready for love? America runs on Dunkin'. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer.